In this show, we talk about individual experience and personal identity, and there may be times when we use identifying words and phrases that seem strange or unfamiliar. But please, listen with an open heart and an open mind. Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of Coming Out Stories. My name is Joey, and I'm the host, and I'm joined here today with Tim. How you doing, Tim? Doing good, doing good. So Tim and I know each other from Bar PM, a local <laughs> gay bar here in St. Louis. Um, and when we met, it was kind of like we were all at karaoke, and nothing was like, intro- there was no introduction or anything. Um, but... Eventually, it was just all these singing of these songs, and we just kind of like <laughs> made that introduction ourselves. Yes, and then we become close friends. I think I I, I appreciate you uh, a lot. And, and somehow I wound up taking shots out of your belly button. Oh, that's right, the body <laughs> shot. Oh boy, um, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, I have video of that, so I don't know how I forgot about it. But yes, good times. Mm. So. You were the one, so I made a reference to this in the intro episode. Whenever I um, asked you to be on the podcast, you seemed, and it was maybe it's just me, you know, but you were very, very touched, and it was almost like you were on the verge of tears in my in my eyes. I don't know if that's the truth, but it was just something that you seemed overwhelmed with emotion, like in the best way. Absolutely, uh, a lot of it was the simple fact that I don't feel that that uh, pansexual relationships get enough uh, visibility in it within the community um, we get stuck in the gay straight lesbian bi and not looking at the various shades that we are and pansexually pansexuality being one of those shades it's just you don't get a whole lot of visibility yeah so you are pansexual yes what does that mean to you if you were to describe it to somebody else Pansexual is an appreciation for the human over their gender or identity. I don't really believe in uh, the gender binary as it, it's basically uh, understood. Um, it's about the human being. It's about that connection with the individual, um, irregardless of whether or not they're biologically male, female, transgender. They identify as gay, straight, bi. It's about the individual. Which is a good tie-in to what we learned last week on the non-gender <clears throat> binary being something that people don't fully understand even in our community so I can see how that for you is something that you would like to be out there and tell your story and kind of help other people appreciate it and understand better even if maybe not appreciate but just understand and give this option to to give them an open mouthpiece for it mm-hmm. I guess mouthpiece yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving Let's go back to your, your so your sexuality or your identity. We can call it an identity. Um, to you, when was the first time you really felt like you didn't fit in that one or the other or both or however it would be? Actually, when I was young, uh, I would probably say maybe ten or eleven, um, right before puberty. I guess is is when I started to to realize that my attraction, my emotions, all of that. Um, didn't always tie into black and white gender or identity it was just something about an individual that maybe at that time I couldn't describe but I just knew it was there and then moving forward you had a better understanding just as you grew up that to 
I guess, own that a little bit. Yes. When was the actual time that you... I guess the first time, maybe, that you came out as a pan person, um, when was that moment for you, and, and do you remember who it was with or who it was to? Actually, it was to the greater community because, it, again, I, I guess I kind of felt myself... Uh, I, I felt that I was more defending myself all the time, being labeled as straight um, with two wives, and, and that just simply wasn't the case. So had a long talk with, with a few people uh, that I, I was close with, and, and it just it went from there. Um, it's something I never really hid, but I'm also not the type of person that just blasts it or broadcasts it. it, it's it just, yeah, I mean, it, it's mine. You know, I'm not ashamed of it in any way. Uh, I'm vocal about it when I have to be. Um, but, yeah, it, there were friends that, that even would mislabel that kind of thing. So I, I kind of set the record straight. Yeah. <laughs> so you just mentioned that you have two wives. Mm -hmm. And so people see that and they can make the assumption on, um, what's that, that word? That, that I guess the word that they use for that. Um, oh, for Polly? Yeah, Polly. Yeah. Polly Amory. Polly Amory. Um, but they don't get to, they also make that assumption that you're just a straight polyamorous person. Yeah, I mean, we have that heteronormative presentation, but no, that's definitely not the case because both of them are also pansexual. So. Okay. <clears throat> that sounds like a lot of fun. It, yeah. <laughs> it is some nights. Uh, <laughs> um, how is it finding other pan people? Like, how does that not necessarily happen, but I think a lot of times it happens organically. Uh, I, I can't count how many times that we would go out to what is considered a gay bar, uh, find ourselves talking to somebody who identifies as gay, but the more you talk to them, the more they actually say that, that by the end of the night that, that, well, I like this and I like that, and it may be more than just what they, they had considered themselves at the beginning of the night. So. Yeah. And that's what I was saying earlier is I'm probably going to come away from this saying, okay, you know what? I'm at least a little pan or I, <laughs> I'm a lot pan. Um, well, part, of, part of, uh, of us being so open about it is that there was a time that we were in a, a bar in Kansas City and there was a gentleman there, that, that um, actual title holder there, that was viewed as being gay. He identified as gay and he admired somebody's breasts and was shamed for it. Which yeah. sounds... Yeah. So the, the, the more we spoke to him, the more it became evident that he wasn't just one or the other. I mean, that he felt that that he could appreciate more than just that. He, he's... I think, I think it made a difference. I do. Sometimes meeting somebody that breaks that, like, code helps to, to get you to that point where you're like, all right, I'm thinking differently. Was there somebody for you that kind of really st stands out that that did that for you? Yes. Yes. Um, the co-head of our house, uh, Leather Family I was involved with, uh, William Keith, uh, out of Wichita. Um, he didn't, didn't label himself pansexual, but was definitely pansexual. And it was drawing strength from his openness that allowed me to be more open. And sometimes, I mean, the labels are just that. They're labels. I mean, society basically kind of puts that on us, and then we run with it for the most part. Right. And it helps people to understand in certain aspects, but 
it could go without saying. It could definitely go without, like, I'm this, that, or the other. You know, in reality, it almost devises us a little bit. How about get to know me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a person. You're a person. Right. And let's move on from there. Right. Um, what was it like coming out to, like, your family? Uh, coming out to my family was kind of, lack of a better term, it was more in protest in a sense. It wasn't the way I wanted it to be. My sister came out uh, as a lesbian. She left her abusive husband for her girlfriend, and the family pretty much disowned her, which spurred me to make a phone call and uh, make my parents aware that I wasn't normal to them, too. Normal such a relative term to think. Who's really normal, anyways? I like the thought of that, you know, maybe it wasn't something that you wanted to do when you wanted to do it in that Poor circumstances. That yeah, it, the circumstances are bad, but your intentions were fulfilling, I think, for your sister. Oh, yeah. That, how has that relationship with her happened? Like, how has that been after that fact? We talk on occasion. Uh, she's she's actually what I would consider more vanilla than anything. So we're, we're, we're just a little kinky. Yeah. So she doesn't quite understand our kink side, but she, she accepts it, obviously. So, yeah. It's it works. It works. Was there anything that surprised you one way or the other about your identity that um, whether it's good or bad in coming out to just anybody and everybody? Um, it, it, to me, it was kind of a double edged sword. There were people that that were surprised, obviously, um, and I got I actually got mixed uh, messages back. But for me. Uh, I feel much better knowing that I'm at least honest with myself and the people around me and honest to the people I care about. It's my life. So. And you have people who, I mean, you have two wives who, I see you guys together and like that's something that I think about my, for myself is like, it doesn't need to be two or three or four. It could, you know, maybe someday I'll have a big old family of just people who all love each other. But I see you guys and I see how happy you are. And that's something that to me is inspiring to just sit there and witness on a daily basis. Or nightly basis whenever we're hanging out. Um, you see us drunk at karaoke, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the dynamic you guys have is good, and it works for you. And so in saying that, like, screw what everybody else thinks. It's not Amen. important. I spent 20 years with the fire department in, in that type of culture. And um, the one thing I took from it was when you see what you see and do what you do, you learn the value of life. So you've got to live it. Were there any fears about coming out before you actually did it? Uh, just the obvious uh, of rejection. Uh, you always tell yourself that you're strong enough to to weather any rejection because you're you're firm in, in the way you are. You're comfortable with it, and you tell yourself that if they don't like it, the hell with them. But it's our human. It's it's our nature to want to be accepted. So it was just the obvious uh, of being rejected. Uh, which luckily didn't happen. I mean, again, I got mixed reviews, but <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Would you say that your life has been better for it? Yes. Yes. Anytime you can move forward and feel like you're not hiding a part of you, you've done more. I mean, you've done better, you know, for yourself and those people around you. You're much healthier that way. It's this almost weight off your shoulders, like a literal one that you could just kind of get to be free and get to do you and meet people who are in that same mm -hmm. 
not exact same, but same circumstance sometimes that just lets you maybe you help somebody along the way do the same. Yeah. So when you were talking to me outside earlier before we started recording, you mentioned that you were walking around in pride. Yes. Because you're a sister. Yes. And we've heard about the sisters from Stephen, who was the second episode. Yes. And your reasoning for joining the sisters, and you were telling me that you didn't want to join as a guard, which is... what? Could you explain the guard versus sister? Guard is, is traditionally viewed as the more masculine of the two, the protector and the the nun or the sister as the more feminine um, in the group. And I think we've kind of broken that, too. Um, I came out as a, as a sister versus a guard for personal reasons because I felt it would be more fulfilling. Mm-hmm. I, I could reach more people that way. Uh, and I also like the idea that you think your opinion of me is not my opinion. I, I am me, and I'll, I'll be me. You're not gonna basically. You're not gonna make that decision for me, and I did. I did catch some some flack for it, considering that my involvement in the leather community as well. But that's their hang up. It's not mine. I'm so good. So people in the leather community have kind of given you shit for being a sister. A few, not many, not but yeah. a few, a few. There are those. They were surprised. Stragglers, yeah. Twenty <laughs> first century, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, that goes to an understanding point of you know when we were you guys drove by um as we were outside talking the other night and you know they didn't mean it in like a demeaning way and they didn't mean it in a negative comment way but it was just the assumption that they had said you know oh that's a straight dude with two wives and it's and i you know i politely corrected them you know um and just let them know hey they are not straight um yes he does have two wives but he's pansexual that's how he identifies and there's that assumption on our part sometimes and i'm not i'm gonna be honest like that was kind of my thing too when Mm -hmm. i first met you my eyes didn't weren't open at that point to really understand these different dynamics that we have in our community you and i had that conversation of you know well how do you identify and you said pansexual and i was just like oh all right and i didn't say anything until this point about (laughs) thinking you were a straight dude um most most do most do yeah there's a part of our community that, I mean, even if you were a straight man with two wives, that's something that isn't kind of seen or accepted every day, you know, mm-hmm. so you have your safe spaces. Oh, God, my, my big brother still calls me a greedy bitch, but it's okay. <laughs> I get, I'm, I'm good with it. I've gotten greedy as a, you know, you're bisexual, you just can't make up your mind, or you're greedy, or were there ever those thoughts for you that maybe you were, I guess, confused a little bit? Oh, yes. Yeah. I think when, when you look at yourself and you really sit down and analyze, you, you always question yourself. It's, it, again, it's healthy to do. I would, I would ask myself questions as to whether or not I could give each what they deserved. And the one thing that I didn't uh, immediately take into account was the fact of what they give each other. So the way this works, it works well. Yeah. And so that's talking about Cammy and Sarah. Mm-hmm. I think it was before we were recording. You made the 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 top bottom thing. You don't always take into consideration that you have this other point of reference that can help you through those times where you're not just the entire giver, mm-hmm. and you're not always going to be the taker. It's going to work in that the way that it's supposed to work in any relationship with one or two. I mean, two people. As I say, one person, one person, but two people. It has that dynamic. What about coming out? As a poly person, could you talk about that a little bit? 
and what, what people's reaction is like about that they didn't understand it they're stuck uh, again i always say they're stuck in this mind frame but they really are uh both community and and in the vanilla world we didn't really meet a whole lot of resistance just confusion there wasn't a whole lot of people being you know, that were hostile it, it just they didn't understand it i mean my lord i, I took them both to go see my 90 year old grandmother and uh, she actually sat down and said, well, I don't understand what's going on here, but as long as y'all love each other, that's all that matters. And yeah. that was enough endorsement for me. And you intru- <laughs> and you introduced them to her as your wives? I just said Cammie. Okay. No, I didn't I didn't go that far with but, my 90-year-old grandmother. Yeah. Jesus Lord. <laughs> 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 but as far as a, a immediate family, they didn't understand it, but they were accepting the I don't have to understand it but okay if it works for you and being in the fire department I'm sure some friends might have just been like oh hey yeah that's awesome that's you know oh yeah great job that's I'm gonna do you know yeah (laughs) they thought it was just incredible I'm like no it's not quite like that it's a it's an actual relationship it's not all fucking yeah it's it's an actual relationship you've got to work at it every day more so than I would say a, a conventional relationship right because there's a lot lot more involved in this dynamic yeah how would you define your coming out as, not to assume somebody else's was easier or harder, but what makes, I guess, coming out as Pan and Polly different than what one might expect as just coming out as homosexual or bisexual? We're kind of a minority within a minority, so yeah. finding people to connect with that can also at times help us understand our dynamic more was, was difficult. How did you get through that? You, or f- you actually... <laughs> You just keep talking. Yeah. You just keep talking to people. And I honestly learned the value of, of the people that matter around me. It, 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 that's just what it is. You find that click. You find the people that, that love you for you, and that's what you stick with. That's a, a little bit how I kind of felt more comfortable. I don't really give a shit if I'm popular. Right. As long as the people that I care about um, reciprocate, and it's they have value. It's just... You've got, you've got to choose your friends and your family. So. And a lot of what we find is that our family, like we have our given family, and then we have our chosen family. Mm-hmm. And that's a phrase that I thought was just kind of within my friend group, but it seems to be more prevalent around us. Mm-hmm. People say that all the time, chosen family. Who would you say is a big influence as a chosen family for you guys? Oh, God, there's so many. Um, I've learned from a lot of good people. A lot of people out of Kansas City. Uh, I'm one of the, the headmasters for, for Kansas City Leather University, which is an organization out of Kansas City. And the people that got me involved in that are one of my biggest influences. One of my biggest influences. Because they don't really give a shit about anything else but us. Yeah. As people. And it, it, it I always knew that there was no judgment. They, they loved unconditionally. And you don't get that in this community a whole lot they'll care about you as long as they can get something or you have value to them and again the people that were in that KC family really loved us uh, my big brother actually from Columbia has been a big influence he's since in uh, Key West now trying to get us to migrate south hop mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the most beautiful men I know he was actually the person that made me comfortable with the fact that I liked more than just women we connected on a level. It made me further understand who and what I was. 
which was a big breakthrough for me. To be clear, pansexuality, the, we'll just talk about the difference a little bit. The pansexuality and bisexuality, from my understanding. So bi is two. It's male, female. It's, mm-hmm. And in all honesty, it, couldn't, it could be even, not even male, female, but it could be male, transgender. You know, there's, there's yes. different, or male, non-binary. But the pansexuality goes to a level of everybody's included in that. Yes. And there's no... It's kind of umbrella. <laughs> right. It's an umbrella term. That it, gender and sex are in, in, insignificant. Well, no, I like sex. But. Well, <laughs> the sex of the person. <laughs> but it's broader and more inclusive, I guess, than yeah. bisexuality would be. And that's why I was saying is I could probably come away from this thinking, you know, if I really, really think about it, just because you haven't done anything with somebody that, like, a non-gender binary person, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you automatically know that you aren't into interested in that. Right. Did you come out as, because what I've heard before is that people tend to come out as bisexual first. Did Was that like a process for you or did you just hit that level of skipping over that? Because you, you I did. I acted on my bisexuality. Yeah. More than anything, anything else. Before I knew what the label was. Yeah. You know. And you talked about coming out in stages mm-hmm. uh, when we were outside. Yeah, it, it, I came out as I understood myself at the time, but, but we always evolve and grow, so it changed as, as I grew, yeah. and, and I would come out at, at various points. Now I'm pretty much just, yeah, yeah. I'm out there. Hey, <laughs> it's me. Hey. <laughs> Do you remember your first crush that kind of swayed you a little bit more? Yeah, he was a, a childhood friend. That was actually... One of my first sexual experiences was with a childhood friend that was male. We didn't have a name for it. We we didn't have a label for it. Right. We just did it. And there was no shame involved. It just was. It just was. Yeah. Felt good to just kind of do something that felt good. I don't know. It was pretty kinky, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I hear you, you're letting on that you have a little more of like a kinky side. Oh, yes. And that's where the leather comes in. And probably, I guess, the kinky side comes out and, and you kind of wear it on your sleeve a little bit when you're in leather and when you're with the sisters and you have you broadcast it. I always broadcast it like that because I don't want people to feel ashamed. And as a sister, it's my obligation. I took vows. It's my obligation to make sure that, that people don't feel ashamed of who and what they are. So... To do that, you have to be a little more forward with yourself, mm-hmm. a little more vulnerable. Do you ever feel that shame when you were going through the process? Oh, I was brought up in, in a, a large but strict Irish Catholic family, so, oh yeah, Catholic guilt sets in. Yeah. But, you know, I look the other way. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm a sister. So. <laughs> Breaking those, like, religious barriers has been a common theme that I've heard mm-hmm. in doing these interviews. For me, I have my religious family, you know, who are super religious. It just kind of... It's the Bible Belt. Yeah. That that's an influence on people. It makes people feel that what they're doing is wrong. And yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's kind of a shame in, in the <clears throat> sense that from what I've been taught, it's all about love. Yes. You know, and that's what if should... If done correctly, it's supposed to be about love. Yeah. Absolutely. I actually like, I value the fact that, that to a certain degree that I was raised within a religious family. It taught me a certain set of values about human life that I still respect today. It gave me a certain level of spirituality that I still hold true to today. I just 
I don't like religion when it has, you know, this many rules. Right. <laughs> There's way too many rules. Yeah. Sorry. It's supposed to be conceptual. And you know, at Pride, you have those people who sit there and they, they protest us and tell us that we're bad and we're terrible people and we're not, you know, going to be able to go to heaven. It's an influence that if you hear that enough, some people, especially growing up, have to fight through. And sometimes it stays with you your whole life. You fight it your whole life. There are certain parts of it I still fight about it, um, that moral aspect. Yeah. But it's. I think it's immoral if I'm not truthful with myself. As long as I know I'm on the up and up, I, I just. It's more. It's unethical for me to be untruthful with myself. Right. I'm sorry. I have one life. I'm going to live it. And how old are you? Forty-five. So you said uh, outside. I think you said five. Well, Sarah said about five years mm-hmm. to, to friends and family. How has? Which is kind of late, but <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's 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 what my next question was going to. Coming out in a later stage of your life. Whereas you're not 20, you're not, you know, what does that influence feel like? Because it, it was like this first part of your life where you were not really out and not really out there for everybody to see or to, to hear. And now you've got this part of you that is the true you. Do you feel a difference in that sense? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, she and I, uh, Sarah and I have been together for 17 and um, I'm getting a look. It's 17, right? Okay. It's 17 years and uh we were almost immediately top bottom um kinky involved in the fetish community since almost what maybe a year in that we were together so quite a few days but fully understanding who and what we were and how we would define both individually and together has taken years Mm -hmm. it's taken years to accept i guess the biggest part about it is i didn't always have a word to put to it and well, you got to educate yourself. So, yeah. <laughs> when did Cami come into the picture a little bit? We had her shipped in from Kansas City uh, about two years ago. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> so, what was that process like for you guys going through together with you and Sarah first? You know, you were together for a long time. How did you initiate that in the first place to come out to each other to to feel that way? Well, we had always uh, been open to, to playing with with other people uh, within a dungeon space, mm-hmm. scening, that kind of thing with other people. And we live a master-slave lifestyle, and we're just very open with each other. We don't hold anything back. She's, she's honest. Well, don't give me that look. She's honest, she's honest with me. I'm honest with her. She, again, she's also pansexual, so there was an attraction between her and Cammie as well. Uh, we played and just kept in contact, and it just evolved. It evolved from there? Yeah. When you talk about the master-slave part of your relationship, could you elaborate on that? Master-slave, it is a dynamic, and for us, we live it 24-7, and I can't stress enough that it's a dynamic. She's an adult, I'm an adult. Everybody has the right to say yes or no and make their own decisions. Within a master-slave relationship, she chooses to give control over to me, and I choose to accept it. I make final decisions, but I really don't make any any substantive decisions unless they're first discussed between all three of us, really. I anticipate that it's, being it's in something like that, respect. it has to have a lot of respect, and there's got to be a lot of trust in that situation 
to make it work. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Trust is actually probably the biggest part of it because she essentially is forfeiting her, her control over to me. And again, realistically, can she take it back at any time? She's a grown grown woman. Yes, obviously. But that's a lot to give to someone. I think it even surpasses our marriage vows because she's given all of herself, period. So we're touching up on multiple coming outs right now in this episode. It's you know, Surprise! Coming out as <laughs> pansexual, coming out as poly, coming out as the, you said, master slave. What is I truly that? can't make a decision, can I? Right. <laughs> I mean, you just, you're a greedy bastard. You just want it all, right? Everything that you can do, you want to do it, and you're gonna. What's that like? I, that process coming out to people, like in public, when people do people approach you or talk or ask you anything about that, or is it just something that? I mean, it's it's a personal decision for all three of you. So mm-hmm. honestly, it's what not part? Any, what part here? Well, the the master slave. Oh yeah. Dynamic. That was another thing that got a lot of snickers when when I was on on the track with the fire department. Uh, I would frequently be asked, um, uh, "Are you going to tie somebody up this weekend? Are you going to set them on fire?" I'm like, "Yeah, probably." Uh, my standard response was, "Yeah, probably. I can I, I can get you in if you like." Yeah. <laughs> because most everybody has a kink. They just either choose to explore it or to suppress it. I choose to explore it, and it's led to a lot of good things. Just so much fun being able to work off that energy in constructive ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because there are, and there are rules for that in our community where we go. The awareness part of it, when people do kind of cross those lines, how, how is that handled for you to be able to do it in a way where they may just be not, they may not know? You, well, yeah. If they don't know, you you have to inform them politely. It's mm-hmm. it's not they're not trying to be rude nine times out of ten. It's just a lack of knowledge on their part. And unless you inform them or educate them on it, you can't really hold them fully responsible. Yeah. As long as it's not malicious. Right. You know, which there are times it, it there it gets that way too. But that, that's that's the big exception. There are they people who just want to push your oh your they just want to be assholes. And, yeah. There are assholes everywhere. But everybody's got one. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, you've got to educate them. You can't hold them really fully accountable unless they know what the rules are to begin with. And even though we're in, in a triad and master slave, I'm probably more gentle than the two of those. Because if somebody walks up and grabs their collars knowingly, then I hey, I stand back and just watch the party. Mm-hmm. I'm much more gentle than they can be. <laughs> When you look back at yourself or for somebody else struggling with that pansexual nature of themselves, what advice would you give them to help them, whether it be positive or just kind of real or however you want to decide to give that advice? It gets better. The more honest you are with yourself, it gets better. You're not alone. And there are people here that'll help. I mean, I came out fully late in life, what I consider late in life, and it's been one of my biggest regrets. I, I hate to see how children are, are realizing who and what they are at a younger and younger age, but still having to suppress it. And even with all the media that we have now, they still feel they're alone. I just My biggest part of advice is, is, be you, you're not alone, you have help. If you can't do it, we're here.
And for some people, they don't feel that re- regret in a sense. Why would you say that regret is something that you do feel? As far as? As far as coming out later as opposed to? Because I, I struggled with it for so long. And I struggled with it like most of us do for the wrong reasons. It's because I was worried about what other people think. Mm-hmm. This isn't somebody else's life. I'm not hurting anyone. I'm just simply being myself. Right. So why should I be afraid of what they think? And that was one of the things that for me, I wasn't necessarily afraid of of what my family would think. You know, my family's been generally accepting. I have, you know, two gay cousins, you know, mm-hmm. that were really close to my mom and my grandma. You know, there were those family members who was kind of like, well, that's scary to let them know. Um, but... But it was more myself where I was trying to understand, you know, just like you going through that process of figuring out what does it mean? What is this? And and how do I safely move forward with it, you know? Sure. And securely. So it's not always about other people. And it really shouldn't be. But, it, you know, I can see why it is. But it's always about yourself. Sure. Figuring yourself out first and then going past that point to to really be. Well, there's always periods of self-doubt. Yeah. When you sit and and think, it, it's always confusing. You know, well, not always. It's, it's it can be confusing because you have the social pressures, because you have the family pressures, and those weigh heavy on you when you make any decision. And, and for me, my family was very important to me. We were uh, again very tight knit. Um, so, being anything but what was expected was difficult. Even being what was expected was difficult. Yeah. So. What advice would you give um, a group of people, I guess, that are coming out as poly for the first time? Maybe not even in a relationship, but they know that that's kind of where they're headed or what they are looking for. Is there any advice that you can give them or yourself back then? I would say the biggest piece of advice I can give is, is to educate yourself on what all is involved uh, talk to people that have more knowledge than you. Accept the fact that you don't know everything and that it takes time. It takes time. This just didn't happen overnight. It's a lot of work. It is. It I is mean, any work. relationship is, yeah. It's a lot of work, but it, it's well worth it. What advice would you give to somebody who is struggling with that master-slave thing that they want, but they don't know how to go about it and, and they're coming out in that sense as well? Find a group, uh, a well-respected, established group, and get a mentor. Your mentor is basically the person that you, he's your sounding board, he or she is your sounding board, you bounce ideas off, uh, and don't hold back in what you say to, to your mentor. Don't filter it. Uh, he can only make, he or she can only make a decision um, if you're truthful. Like I said, your mentors are going to be your biggest, biggest help. They'll help you steer clear of some of the pitfalls that they've had. I mean, who doesn't want to? Because, God, you get quite a few of them within an NMS relationship when you're talking about that big of a commitment between people. Yeah. Is there anything that maybe I didn't touch up on or ask that you wanted to add? Just anything in general you want to say before we sign off? Other than thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate this opportunity to be able to talk. I appreciate you coming on and being so open and, you know, when I when I do talk to people, you know, and I always let them know, you know, you can be as open as you want. If there's anything that I say that you don't want to talk about, just let me know. But, you know, you're very 
whatever you need, you know, whatever you want to ask, whatever you're interested in. And you've kind of always been that way with me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anymore. But I appreciate it. So thank you for being on the show. This is going to be a big step for some people to really get an inside look at other sides that aren't normally what they see. And hopefully it makes people more respective towards other people who are different, whether that's pansexuality or non-gender binary or somebody of a different race if they're not used to that just anything in general going in with an open heart i think that you're going to help you see something different approach it you might learn truthfully you might learn and with that thanks again this episode has been enlightening to me and informative and i'm excited for everybody else to get to listen to it for coming out stories episode four this is joey thanks again everybody for listening and we'll catch you next week hey everyone i hope you enjoyed this episode of coming out stories Please give us an upvote and subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and don't forget to share us with your friends. If you're interested in being on this podcast, you can reach me at contact at onlyontsd.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash onlyontsd. Coming Out Stories is produced and edited by Tony Faith and Matt Goad. Music by Jake Tackett and hosted by me, Joey Franks. Thank you listeners for joining me for this Coming Out Story. I'll see you next episode, and remember, everyone has a story worth telling.